0: Get your day started right. This is V.O.C. Breakfast with Gullah Fakir and Sabira O'Shea Only on the Voice of the King.
1: Our, COVID num- our COVID-19 numbers are soaring through the roof in the Western Cape. Yesterday, we saw photos of Kyle Hospital reception area now serving as a ward for people being admitted. The Western Cape government says it's trying to add capacity to the system so it can cope, but it is still under extreme pressure. So for our weekly Western Cape COVID-19 update, we chat to none other than Dr. Keith clutter the head of the Western Cape Department of Health, a man that has uh, one of the hardest jobs in the province, especially now 22. Dr. Keith, thank you so much for your time this morning on Breakfast 91.3 FM. Since the last time we spoke, I suppose the one blessing this week is the ban on alcohol. Overall, how are things looking in the province this week? Uh,
0: good morning, Gulam, and good morning to the listeners. Um, as you rightly like say, we are all the hospitals, public and private sector, is under severe pressure. Um, we have just come through a Christmas Boxing Day weekend where um, alcohol-related trauma made the the pressures of COVID even worse because we had a significant spike of trauma, especially on Boxing Day. And Mm -hmm. yesterday, the the hospitals are still recovering from um, processing all the trauma that came in over the weekend. Where we find ourselves now, all the hospitals are under pressure Um, All the emergency centres and the wards are under pressure and especially critical care. Um, And the numbers for COVID has not quite um, reached its peak yet. So there's still an expected increase of COVID over the coming days. And as the numbers of cases increase, you can surely understand that the numbers of people admitted in hospital increase. And then, unfortunately the death numbers are increasing. So many more deaths are occurring, occurring, and I'm sure many more people have heard of people dying over the last couple of
2: days. Hi, Doc. Um, You know, some of the comments that have been coming through online, you know, questioning, you know, the COVID hospitals that we had, the Hospital of Hope, I know Bracken Gate perhaps is still open, you know. Um, You know, some are saying, did we close up too soon, you know, considering now we're fast approaching, um, you know, the peak of the second wave perhaps?
0: There is, um, um, okay, let me explain it this way. Mm. The Hospital of Hope at the convention center Mm. happened at a specific time. It was when there was lockdown levels and there were no economic activities. The convention center was available at a very short period of time. We were able to get it because there was nothing happening in the convention center. It was always a contract for it to be into early September when the convention centre had to resume its activities as a convention centre. What that did, it helped us to have a hospital quickly. It was not ideal in, in, in many instances. What we also did at the time is then, at the same time, build additional capacity in other places, like having the Gate facility, like having the free ward donated by Givers, like having additional capacity in towns such as George, in Schiedamberg, everywhere else. So, what we've done is we took a, a conscious decision, irrespective of the second wave, to not continue with the Hospital of Hope at the Convention Centre and shifted it to Gate. And in addition to that, bring additional capacity online at our existing health facilities, so that whatever we do after this, we then have the residual capacity in our healthcare facilities. So I just want to make it absolutely clear, we have the additional capacity, it's not at the convention center, it is in other places across the healthcare facilities in the West right. And as I speak, we're opening 100 additional um, ward uh, beds um, on Christmas Eve or New Year's Day, that's in two days' time, and we have the ability to bring another 160 beds online next week, if need be, and we can find staff.
1: Mm. Now, Doc, talk us um, through the, the, the peak, etc. You know, when do you expect the province to reach, uh, reach its peak? And also in terms of hospitals, how will that be um, prioritized in terms of who will be admitted?
0: Um, we are working towards the peak in the first week in January. Um, and our um, uh, epidemiologists have modeled this on the basis of the patent scene in um, the Nelson Mandela Bay, what's happening in Buffalo City, in the Eastern Cape, what's happening in Garden Route. So we're expecting the metro to peak in the first week in January. Um, we're expecting to peak slightly later, maybe in the Worcester uh, area and in the Palm area. But what we are doing is we've been planning the capacities for hospitals to be able to get us to the peak. So what we are doing on a daily basis, we are managing two things. We have to have staff. And we have to have oxygen that's available. So, oxygen, we're managing tightly to make sure that we have sufficient oxygen with AFROC right to the peak. And, staffing, we are trying to look at bringing 2,000 additional staff members in through a variety of means over the next 10 days to help us with the staffing issue. Uh, the team has been calling people every day. And actually, in the last five, six days, they already got 48 people staffing um, in our system. And they've encouraged a lot of people to join. We've also asked the military to give us additional staff. So we are doing multiple things to be able to have staffing and the sufficient oxygen to be able to get to the peak.
2: Now, Doc, speaking about the staffing and, you know, the drive that's currently happening to get the additional health workers that are needed in the system, have we seen some sort of interest from perhaps, you know, your retired nurses and doctors? Have they wanted to come forward?
0: The challenge with retired nurses and doctors is very poor cool in the in the at risk category because of the age Uh and some of them the comorbidities so there has been interest we have been very selective in being able to find the right people with the right skills and with the right uh, risk profile to be able to work in areas where COVID care direct COVID care is required.
2: And then, of course, you know, on a side note, we know there have been loads of relatives, you know, who have not been able to see their loved ones before they pass on in hospital, which, you know, is completely devastating for a family. You know, is there protocol at hospitals now for relatives to say their last goodbyes? You know, we've seen it happen via video call. And we know that there are some hospitals that allow it and actually have phones for this purpose. Um, you know, has anything changed in this regard with regards to the protocols that are followed in terms of those last goodbyes?
0: Most hospitals have a video call facilities, and most hospitals endeavor to contact the family members as they can. You can imagine if it is extremely busy and there's lots of people in the world, it might be difficult at times. But most people, where they have the ability and the time, endeavor to call um, and be in contact with the doctor.
2: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there remains a lot of uncertainty regarding the vaccine. I mean, that's an entire conversation on its own. But perhaps, mm. you know, in terms of the department's vaccine strategy, Doc?
0: What we do is we have got a group of experts um, that advise us, and they are, are looking at all the potential kind of vaccines that's available globally. It has to be assessed. It has to be registered with SAPRA, mm-hmm. the uh, authority, the health in authority in the, in the, in the, in the country. So, they will advise us, they will look at what is the SAPRA um, approvals that are required. And then the big thing is that we will, we've already um, made um, you know, predictions of who should be prioritized. It should be health workers and other essential
1: workers, and, those, and then the people most vulnerable, um, the elderly and people with
0: comorbidities. Um, we have done some projections, we will put some budget aside. The big next step after the SAPRA uh, uh, legislation is. To be able to source the vaccine and
2: to get it as soon as possible early in the year. Well, Dr. Keith Clutty, we'll leave it at that for this morning. And that was the head of Western Cape Health Department, Dr. Keith Clutty. Thank you so much for your time there speaking to us with regards to just, um,
1: you know, in terms of our weekly updates with regards to health here in the Western Cape. So,